We're looking for two oil boys who can grease us up before each competition. You do the thing you're scared shitless of, and you get the courage after you do it. That's the way it works. That's the dumbass way to work. It should be the other way around. You'll have to excuse my friend. The town is back that way. You should make a radical change in your lifestyle. I mean, the core of man's spirit comes from new experiences. That's the way it works. Don't worry, we'll catch our break too. Just gotta keep our eyes open. Hello, and welcome to Looks Like We're Lost, episode 4-0. So sweet. Looks like we made it. <laughs> Every time I get a round number, I'm just so thrilled. Big fan of, and I like I, fives and zeros. Fives and zeros, I don't know what it is. Oh man, hang in there for about three months. <laughs> You're going to see it. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm Dustin Redazel, and joining me, hold on, I had something for this. <laughs> His name's not Bucksbaum or Bixby or Bray, nor is it Mordecai Alley Van Allen O'Shea. It's Tommy Cooksey. Oh man, it's worth it to hang on to the end, isn't it? Oh, the places you'll go. Um, when I read it, I like to throw the boys' names in there if I can. Would you power rank Oh the Places You Go number one on your kids' books? It is definitely my favorite to read. That is for sure. The first time I ever read it, I mean, I think we talked about this, but what a what a hidden gem in the Dr. Seuss collection. I mean, he mm-hmm. made a lot of waves for some maybe not so savory books that were written. Um and somehow this one just slipped through the cracks. I don't know. I it never appeared in my youth. Yeah, I was not a big Dr. Seuss guy as a kid. You can't avoid them, right? You get all the classics: Green Eggs and Ham, mm-hmm. Pop on Pop, Yep, uh, Cat in the Hat. But and I definitely heard of the places you'll go. And actually, Katie did a abbreviated version of it and read it. Um, and slightly adapted for her brother's wedding. Okay, you know, That's and it really works cool. on the yeah, it works on the embarkment of a lot of things, a child's life, a new marriage. But I guess I just hadn't really thought about it intensely until I'm sitting there reading it to my own kid, and it's this only happened for the first time maybe a month ago, mm-hmm. and I. I'm sitting there just floored. Oh, like, yeah. I I later pulled it up online and was like reading it instead of paying attention to a meeting I was in. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, I'll tell you the part that really hits me hard. And for those of you who haven't read Oh, The Places You'll Go, it is short, it is succinct, but... I usually say this in a joking way. I'm not really joking here. It says it all. Yeah. This book really says it all about living life. And the part that really hit me is when he's talking about getting a little bit lost, a little bit overwhelmed, and being in a space you don't understand. And he says, you can grind on for miles across weirdish wild space, headed, I fear, toward a most useless place, the waiting place. (laughs) For people just waiting, waiting for a train to go or a bus to come or a plane to go or the mail to come or the rain to go or the phone to ring. It goes on and on, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Waiting for a better break or a string of pearls or a pair of pants or a wig with curls or another chance. Everyone is just waiting. And no, that's not you. And I just thought, yeah. man, I I don't know how something like that can seep into your bones that you just become like a go-getter. Yep. That I wish that so badly for my kids. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, you're, you're right. And the, like the book, the first time I read it to Everett, I started crying. 
Yeah, because mm-hmm. I never, I had never read it before. And actually, I'd kind of put it off because it was kind of long. And I'm like, yeah, he's not going to pay attention for this whole thing. And then at the part where it just says, kid, you'll move mountains. And I'm sitting there like, just the goosebumps. Like, <laughs> you know, every parent feels this. Like, I want my kid to know that I believe that he or she can do whatever they want. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. You know, I, I got a fly went by. My dad was a big fan of a fly went by, which is which is a great tale. Um, it's a little morbid, um, but uh, I don't know that one. A fly went by, sat on the lake, looked yep. at the sky, and as I looked, the fly went by. The fly went nope, by. Nothing. He said, "Yeah, it's it, there's really no point. It's just one of the. Uh, it's kind of like the twelve days of Christmas. Like everything stacks on top. So a fly went by, then a frog, then a, a cat." Or a bird, then a cat, then a duck, you know, on and on and on. Like, mm. anyway. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the enduring book of my youth and my mindset was Could Be Worse. <laughs> Never heard of that one. Well, the day just keeps getting worse, and the guy just keeps saying it could be worse, <laughs> and then it gets worse. <laughs> it's, it's like a very, like, Midwestern, long-suffering Christian mindset that, like, yeah. hey, it could could it be, could worse. be worse things aren't so bad sort of like the opposite and, of it's kind of like in the same vein as jocko good yeah <laughs> yeah but but it's without like the embracing the challenge aspect it's right. just like, it's like well okay. I'll so it's my raining place. on me could oh. be hail <laughs> oh man yeah so that so that book and then i've noticed that you guys uh the, the little blue truck seems to be a mainstay in your household Oh yeah. Um and then the pout pout fish somehow made it into our house and that one's been a popular one. It's a good one. Just and simple I rhymes. Could do, but... I could do one man theater with a little blue truck. Don't get me started. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> we gotta have a read off on one of these podcasts. Uh but based upon the content of Oh the Places You'll Go. I thought it was an excellent segue to take our segment, our question of the week, mm-hmm. early. Okay. Uh, jumping from the waiting place and trying to get things done, trying to get where you're going. The question of the week, normally reserved for the end of this podcast, but we'll hit it early, is what am I putting off that feels important? Why am I avoiding it? Have you had some time to think about it? I have something, uh, but I, I want you to, why don't you be lead off batter today? Yeah. Um, so for those who have listened uh, consistently, I think, I I feel like people are aware that I'm a pretty rigorous planner these days. And I try to grind those plans for a long time to get the results. The thing about that sort of a makeup is there's not a lot of stuff that I feel like I'm not tending to. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. But I think what the trap I fall into all the time, and especially since Winnie has been born and added a new layer of complexity, is I get lost in the urgent versus important paradigm. And I have felt like I've spent a lot more time on urgent stuff and a little less time on important stuff. So, you know, I get up and I I entertain the kids and I keep them going. I have given very little thought to the long-term planning. We talked about that a few podcasts ago mm-hmm. and feeling some anxiety about that. We have this renovation on our house. Is that important? Not necessarily, but it's expensive. And... We don't feel like we can make some of the bigger investment moves we'd like to do with, you know, maybe some beach property, maybe some mountain property, 
Uh, I've talked to Matt Pittman about coming on and talking to us about like uh, short-term rentals, Airbnb, Verbo type stuff. Mm-hmm. Like to me, I I can see myself building out. <laughs> even calling it my portfolio feels ridiculous, but yeah. I would like to do that, and that's going to be really important for like sixty-year-old me. Yeah, but I'm. You know, it's like, well, I got to do this renovation first or, you know, the the writing, which takes up so much of my mental space, like, ah, well, you know, with work and the kids and the marathon, it's like, I'll, I'll do it later. And so I think this happens to a lot of people. And it's that there's stuff that we know matters to us, like deep in our bones, we can, it almost feels like it's a part of us or maybe... To be dramatic, it feels like who we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And we just think like, yeah, I'll get to that next year once things have settled down. And yeah. I probably have about five things that are kind of in that back burner that haunt me on a daily basis. Dude, I'm not, you're, you're not That's alone. <laughs> Yeah. You're not alone in that, man. I can, uh, I, I find myself in the waiting place often. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you know, once we don't, once we're not paying for daycare and, you know, pre-K, then we'll have these extra resources to do this next thing. Be it a renovation, maybe, maybe it's selling the house and moving, you know, moving or, some type of investment property, right? It's always like, what's it? But then, you know, how it goes, if it doesn't become the priority, that, the, that, those finances and that, that mind share just goes somewhere else. It's the next thing. Mm-hmm. And it only amplifies once your kids are in activities. Like, you know, you're busy all the time. You're always, you're right. It's the urgent versus the important. And it's very hard to like squash the urgent. What the second part of the question I haven't quite hacked. Why am I avoiding it? Because I don't think I'm I don't think I'm lazy or even disorganized. I do feel a certain amount of emotional resistance that I haven't really pinpointed. Does it feel so big? Does it just feel too big? Some of these things. I think I I think yeah, I think there's two things. Uh it is big. And I think I'm also at a place where I can't, I won't unilaterally make these big decisions. I value Katie's counsel too much. And when we both make a decision together, it almost always goes great. Yeah. Like when we're, when we're partnered on the, on the choice, like, you know, we'll, we'll squabble through some things like, you know, doing our renovating our carriage house. Like it has some stress when we're like talking about what we're doing with the wall or the steps and there's tension, but when we resolve it, we're like always pleased with the outcomes. And I think I'm willing to take some risks. Like if it was just me, I'd probably move faster. Mm. But also if you look at my track record, when I was doing things just me, not always great. Sure, yeah. So, so I think there's a little bit of that. And then when it comes to, okay, I have to have this other person on board, those are heavy conversations because, like, what do I want? More time for writing because, like, okay, I want to I wanna be a writer instead of managing a team at Cisco. Right. Well... That has income issues. It has concerns about like filling up your day productively. Yeah. Uh, spending too much time in your head. Um, you know, the I want to buy a beach house. And it's like, you know, she starts asking the questions. Well, what's hurricane insurance like on the North Carolina coast? Uh, like, yeah. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I think there's some of that too. It's, res- it's, it is easier to just have a good life 
than to try to push for these things that are nagging at the back of my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what, what kind of slows you down on it. You know, well, come on, dude. You know me. Gotta, gotta every, weigh all every, the every options. decision is like, you know, the, the weight of the decision is high. And it's just you, you when you when you when you're talking about big decisions, yeah, I'm I'm more like Katie. You're like, oh, let's look, you know, Annie would love to have some a place out, you know, at the beach. And I'm like, okay, well, it's great. Is that where we're always going to vacation? Like, is that where we're just going to go? Are we going to do other vacations? What's insurance? Yeah, what's insurance like? Mm-hmm. You know, and then I, I I go immediately from the thought and the concept of the dreamer of like owning a property to well who's going to fix the toilet when it breaks so i have to go to the beach i have to go like i'm already i'm already in the trenches and we haven't even like and i'm already yeah. there like i'm already experiencing the trauma of things going wrong and so it it causes me to put it further back on the back burner you know man it's such a good it is really good for a partnership though i think part of the reason that this bugs me is I feel like it's my responsibility to convince. It's like, I just want my ideas to be great. Yeah. It's like, hey, I found this property. Here's what we could do with it. Here's what it would like reap in income. And she starts like immediately seeing like why it won't be that. Yeah. And so I feel like I have a responsibility to vet the idea, to make it stronger, to find it just right. And then when I've like done all that, I could say like, see, bulletproof. And now it's like, ah, that's a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you only, and there's only so much bandwidth. Like what you said, living a good life. Like, you know, in reality, when you're 60 year old Dusty, you only have. You know, every single day is one less day you have to play with your kids in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, at some point, you know, we, we've talked about that that graphic that shows like once they're 18 and out of out of the house, you've already that, spent like 97 percent of your time with them. That is so haunting. It is. It is. I think about it. I think about it all the time. I'm like, oh, man, if, if my mom or dad lived to let's say let's say they live to 85, 90. And I see them on average three times a year for three days. It's nine times 25 ish. It's not that many more days. It's not, it's not. You know, what bugs me about that too is like, I feel like it's just so certain like the cats in the cradle. My boy is just like me. Yeah. And I love my dad. And the older I get, the more I enjoy spending time with him. And I still just, I'm not doing it that much. I'm not, we're not talking that often. When we Mm -hmm. see each other, it's great. But it's like, I'll see you when I see you. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is like, this is also how a lot of my best friendships are. Uh, Yeah. You know, dudes who were in my wedding and I make a point to see them every year. But like, how often do we talk in between? Yeah, a couple phone calls here and there. Yeah. It's like if if Walter is anything like me, then once he becomes a man, it's like, I'll see you when I see you. And I'm really hoping that Winnie is like Katie because she has great communication with her parents. And who yeah. knows, maybe they'll both be like Katie. And we yeah. can just get rid of my <laughs> personality pie altogether. Yeah, man. I mean, Annie's really good about talking to her family. She talks to her family every single day, you know, as many brothers as she has. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it is, it's the urgent versus the important and that's, you're probably not the only one that struggles with that. I would bet. So thanks for sharing because it's got my mind spinning too. What was, uh, what was your take on the question? I didn't have a lot of time to think about it. So I got it right during the kids' bath time. So, you know, that's pretty chaotic. <laughs> two two well, boys taking a bath. 100% my fault. No, dude. No. 
my my mind first went to something that on the surface is just one thing but if i dig it a little bit deeper it's everything and so my i i have self-diagnosed thanks internet um a little bit of perineal tendonitis i don't know if i said it right no idea what that is basically there's like a, a tendon that runs kind of a, along the inside of your calf and around your Achilles and attaches under your heel to the outside, that outside bone on your foot. Mm -hmm. And it's been bothering me since May. Like uh, I walked around on flip-flops when we were on a, on a trip for basically eight days straight. And if you, a lot of runners get it. Um, I walk on the outside of my foot. It's just a bad habit. I don't know if that's what that is. That's supinate, whatever it is. But I walk on the outside edges of my foot. Plus, you know, some different hip issues with so squatting. I tend to turn my foot out. So anyway, it's been bothering me. Mm -hmm. And I know I should not be relying on the internet to diagnose it. I should go check out a PT, have them really make sure it's what it is, give me some exercises, probably go weekly. But I'm not doing it. And I keep icing it and I'll take some ibuprofen and I'll stretch it probably once a day. But, but I know why I'm not. It's because I know what they're going to tell me. They're going to tell me to stop doing the things that I'm doing. Mm. Stop on the Peloton because of the, the bending of the foot, the flexation of the foot. Stop running. Don't do, you know, all the things that, I, that help me in my head, in my brain, the physical movement, the physical activity. They're going to tell me I probably have to give it a rest for a little while. It's the same reason it took me probably four years to really just say, yeah, my shoulder is a problem. There's, it shouldn't click like it does. Um, it's the same reason I probably didn't go to therapy for so many years. It's because I knew that they would, that they would say, not necessarily that something's wrong with your, you know, with your arm and your, and my ankle, surely there's something that's not right, but you know, there's something that could use some work. Yeah. Or some or either some work or some pullback of work, like you know what I mean, uh, a, a changing of behavior that I've gotten really comfortable with, and cha the changing of behavior is what prevents me from doing the things that I know I should probably do. Because it, it's two things. It make it it requires me to say what I'm doing isn't right, <laughs> and then doing the hard work to not do that behavior each and every day. So. You know, it's interesting is it's like, it's like an anti-dopamine, right? Dopamine's the anticipation hormone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like you get excited. You, you just can't wait to do this thing and do it again, do yep. it again. There's something about like change is stress that it does just like even the idea of change is like, yeah. No. Yeah. I'll just, yeah. I'll just stay over here suffering. Yeah, I know. And I know, I mean, I'm, I'm not oblivious to the fact that if I don't, it's going to end up being something worse. <laughs> you know, like we talked about it the other day, like listening to your body and, and be and but you know, it's got good days and bad days. Like I think I ice it and I'm like, ah, oh, it feels great in the morning. I'm, I'm good. By the end of the day from just standing and walking on it, I'm like, it's not good. But, well, why don't we why don't we make a promise to each other? You go to a PT, and I'll buy a nine hundred thousand dollar beach house. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, as as long as I can stay rent free in the in the beach house, that's good. Yeah, we can probably give you a half off. That sounds good to me. You know, you, the, uh, what is the Patrick price? Yeah, dude, we'll yeah, hook you up. Give me give me the Patrick price. So, dude. Up, update the world, our listeners, our fans oh. on the uh, row 24. I'm doing my best. I'm chugging along. Um, thank you to my my friends who have donated to my page, which will be in the show notes. Um, Huge. But uh, up, that, that's just my own, you know, circular small view. Tell me about the, the big picture. So great day today. Great day to give an update. Um, when we spoke on this podcast last week, the team had about eight 
8,500. I got the number. And to be clear, this is this is for the Row 24 event that we have coming up on. Uh, I, should, I say we. like I take partial ownership of this. I know I shouldn't. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, but Row, Row 24 event, October 16th. Me, Dusty, a few of our good friends, we're going to get on a row machine. One row machine, we're going to keep the thing going from probably about 7 a.m. on the 16th-ish to 7 a.m. the next morning. Um, and we're raising. No, if Row Twenty Four was a was a legit nonprofit, you'd be sitting on the board. There's, yeah, there's I appreciate. No question. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'll put it on my resume. Yeah, and the, uh, ultimately, yeah, ultimately to benefit uh, Light the Night Leukemia and Lymphoma Society for Cancer yep, Research. So, uh, fighting blood cancer, blood cancer research, and um. But it really helps all cancer research. It's it's something like eighty five percent of cancer cures are found by doing research on blood cancer, just because everything else is so difficult to access, like tumors, bone marrow, but blood there's plenty of it. So you you just get a lot more volume of research done there. So it's a you know it's a high efficiency effort. Um. But yeah, we when we did this podcast uh, last and we talked about Row 24, we had raised $8,900 as a team. And as of right now, we are at $15,200. That is, I don't want to say correlation equals causation, but I will. <laughs> you might as well. Just let's let's give it credit. This this podcast is is doing things, moving we've, mountains. We've raised six grand, and we've sold Topo Chico out in the stores. I mean, we're really a, a macroeconomic force right now. The uh, you know, a quick aside. I do wonder. I'm sure, like somebody's written this article for, you know, a BuzzFeed, a New York Times, but. The amount of economic impact that was had by like a Facebook going down because I was even thinking about it, like, well, I can't even like reach out to people about this fundraiser until this thing's back up. Yeah. Right. So it's just, you know, it's interesting the influence this that new media scions like ourselves can have given the proper <laughs> outlets. But yeah, $15,000, which is. Uh, two thousand over what the first row twenty four did, and we still got ten days until the event. Um, can then, people you know, donate during the event, and is there time after the event to also donate? They can donate up to a week after the event. Okay. So uh, because we're tied into Light the Night, and Light the Night is not actually till Thursday the 21st, but was originally scheduled for Saturday the 23rd, they went virtual uh, given changes with COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, there's the entire week from the 16th when we do Row 24 to the fundraising deadline. So... You know, once everybody sees that we just left it all out there on the rower. Oh, I'm gonna be. Oh, I, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be all up in people's news feeds with my live updates from the row. Have you have you let people know what you're rowing for? Yeah. For my I mean, own not body. like yeah, for, yeah, for yeah like, not for like, like my own physique, bro. Like I'm not. <laughs> I I mostly meant the effort to. Get a concept two rower of your own. <laughs> no, that's just secondary, man. I mean, look, I, I, I know I'm, I know I'm playing against some heavy hitters over here. Um, so that's just secondary, man. If I reach the concept two, it's wonderful. If I don't, hey, man, I'll be all right. You'll live. I'll live. I'll live. But yeah, yeah. it's again huge. Thank you to everybody who's donated. That is. Uh... It's awesome. It's hugely encouraging. And man, there's kind of a crazy story. Uh, it's adjacent. I've been doing all this cancer fundraising stuff. Like my, my Instagram is basically cancer fundraising and marathon training. Yep. Like 
that's it. And because of that, I've, I get like all the adjacent type of people flowing into my feed through hashtags. Mm-hmm. And there's a woman in Charlotte who, uh, she's like a fitness trainer, cancer survivor, and she'd come through a few times and I, it's like, I kind of enjoy this content. Like she's in North Carolina, like sure. very small following, only a couple thousand. I was like, well, let's see what this is about. So I start following her and no kidding, one week after there's a video and it's just like one of these live videos. It's just like her face like at a desk and she just starts explaining that she's been uh, re-diagnosed. The cancer came back Mm. and it's stage four. And in two days, she's going into the hospital and won't be able to come back out for a week. Just intensive, inpatient uh, chemo. And I understand why we, like, avoid those stories. But it's, in a lot of ways, it's nice to be, like, back in it and seeing real people going through it. Even if it's from afar through social media. Because it kind of reaffirms the need and the ongoing necessity for us to take, you know, it's it's a few weeks out of the year where we we plug it and we row one day, but staying connected to it, uh, it means a lot to me, and it means a lot to me to see people donate. So, anyway, yeah, if you're out there, I appreciate you. That's it, man. What else you got today? What a, well, I was gonna I was gonna give you an option. Two things. We can either talk about social media lunacy of the last couple of days, which I'm a little less inclined to, but you know, we could throw it out there. Or we could let people know of our year and a half long effort that started last week. Yeah, we'll, we'll, let's take a, a quick dive into our year and a half effort. Okay. Um, and, so, then we'll, and then we'll uh, wrap up with recommendations, of which I have to think of one. Yeah, I got, I got it. I got one. I'm ready for it. Um, so growing up, I was homeschooled, and as part of the curriculum, we read the Bible. And so as a kid, I read through the Bible— a few times. Um, I got to Asbury College, a deeply Methodist school, where mandatory chapel three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And if you had like more than six misses, there were all sorts of repercussions. The worst one for basketball players is you couldn't play basketball. Uh, so anyway... It has. It was always a focus, the scriptures, as a kid. And then, like, once I got away from school, I was like, I'm good. I have heard it. <laughs> so, as life develops, I've had some, uh, some people I'm close to that have kind of kept me in the circles, and I've attended this Wednesday morning Bible study group. And uh, I really like the guys there, and I like the conversation. And... So they came they came with the premise of reading through the entire Bible together. They did it uh, over COVID, and the guys who got through it really loved the experience. And so even as I was in the group saying, guys, I'm pretty sure I'm done considering myself a Christian in the way that you guys talk about it. It's like I'm just not on that wavelength anymore. And, you know, maybe in the coming weeks we'll we'll have like a deep dive conversation here, Tommy, about some of our positions on this. But my own personal beliefs, which is, uh, you know, wisdom is knowing what you don't know. Everyone's doing their best. They these These beliefs that I hold very close to myself 
require an openness and a lack of judgment. And so even if I'm stepping out of that, that label, I don't want to get in this place where I think there's nothing there. Cause I know there's plenty there. My, the majority of my life was based upon a Christian upbringing and there's tons of good stuff. So anyways, I'm dipping into reading the whole Bible with the benefit of a, a group of men who are also doing it so I can get perspective other than my own. And uh, I'm going to give it one last shot and really feel like where does this belong in my life? Where do I belong in the greater role of the church and society? I'm always kind of trying to figure those things out. And maybe at the end of it, I'll have a clearer idea of what to tell my kids about this thing called Christianity. And so when I decided to do that, I thought you would be intrigued yeah. when I extended the invite. Do you think this is, you said one last shot. Do you think this is it? You give it this shot no. and then you're not revisiting it? Because I know you better than that. <laughs> no, no. Ultimately, my belief is this. If God is real, then he understands the workings of my mind. He understands my intentions and like the position of my heart on the matter of, you know, his son, like he understands why I have logical doubts and he understands whatever that tension is within me. Right. So I, th I think it's more, I think it is more just, I'm not interested in proving to anyone I'm a good Christian anymore. And a lot of what modern Christianity seems to entail is, you know, showing up on Sunday, putting your hands in the air and using verbiage about the seasons of your life and like talking a certain way. And I don't know, there's, there's a lack of authenticity there that at least for me makes me feel like I'm further away from being honest to God about my effort and that's just where i'm at but like when i say one last chance i just mean i'm willing to be swayed <laughs> <laughs> like maybe there's a real benefit to like getting back in there and getting my hands up and letting the music wash over me yeah and, and who yeah. knows you know and and i appreciate you sending the invite because for me you know i I've, I've mentioned it on this podcast and I've told you privately, like, I, you know, I, I have faith in God and, um, some of that is because at points in my life, I had, you know, quite literally, you have nowhere else to turn. Like, that's it. You know, what, what else is there? But, I, but I'm really approaching this. I, even through all of that, I've never really read the Bible. Like I have one, my mom got me one for Christmas, like 15 years ago. Um, and I would, I would do like, if I was in a, a moment of crisis, I would do like Bible roulette and I would just say, I'm going to open this book and God's going to have it on the page that I want to read. <laughs> it's, or, or if someone, if someone was having struggles, I'm like, I'm just going to flip through or I'm going to Google Bible verse about this thing. Yeah. And it's why I have a couple verses that I really love. Um, Romans 12, 19 comes to me every time because there was a girl in my, in my Sunday school class that said it with a really high pitched voice. And she just kept saying it and saying it and saying it, uh, you know, the Bible verse about, um, you know, the birds not storing in their, you know, in their nests and the, you know, if I take care of the animals of the earth, will I take care of you? And there's a lot of solace in that and a lot of, and, and I can find rest in those. But what, but I'm really, what I'm really wanting to do is, I mean, the Bible is a book and I don't even think it's a debate that it's the most important book ever written. Maybe you could debate it. Maybe people debate that, but it is definitely the most influential book ever written. Yeah. I was going to say that's, that's easily, you easily put it in the top five. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the places you go, the Bible. <laughs> 
Look, if oh the places you go was written two thousand years ago, I'm sure it would have had some legs. It would have had some legs. But you know what? What I want to do because I'm naturally a bit of a cynic and a doubter. Just, just how I am. Trust but verify. Kind of like always, sort of like ah, you know, I'm gonna I get. But but that's why I've never read it by myself because I just get lost in the flowery language. Um, I get lost in the names and, and of the people and of the places that I can't pronounce quite frankly, that I just, I end up, I end up like completely lost on the story. Like I'm like, okay, well seven days, Noah, Abraham, and now I'm lost. And now here's where I stop the story. And so I'm really approaching, approaching it from a, just a real curiosity standpoint. I can't, don't think I could profess to be like a Christian to my kids without at least having some knowledge of the Bible. Um, but for the same reason, like it, it helps me to have people there that have also read it and are walking a certain path in life and have experienced some things in life, you know? So I'm intrigued. I'm interested. I think I need one of the things that it's hard for me to do, but I think I need to do, especially in our, in our meetup group is I need to just shut up sometimes. <laughs> um, what are you talking to, to man? You, I mean, we're talkers, man. Why do you think we have a podcast? Like, that's what we like yeah. to do. It's just something we do. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very intrigued. Um, and we'll see where it goes. I mean, you know, a year and a half is a, is a large commitment and 7 a.m. Every Wednesday is a tough thing with two kids. Um, yeah. but there's going to be some misses. Can I make All it right. 75% of the year? I think so. Yeah. Even yeah. 60% just, of the year. I think I'd be good, but I'm just interested to see where it takes us because I don't know. I, I have so many, I have so many things that are not like me when it comes to discussions about the Bible. Hmm. You know, and it's like people will quote it or say things to me as if like just because they quoted this book it case closed argument yeah. over yeah <laughs> i quoted the verse i'm like the argument's not over we didn't actually resolve anything you just cited something that shared your opinion right and i'm not really that way about other things so like there's a little bit of i've got something here that i have not found peace with yeah and i what i don't want to do is the same thing that i've probably accused some some christian families of which is they just kind of believe just because and then they pass it all along to their kids and their kids have these ideas about all sorts of things like drugs or homosexuality or being a Republican versus a Democrat, like yeah. just kind of like come in the suite of ideas and they haven't really explored it for themselves or made anything their own. And so what I don't want to do is accidentally become the opposite of that, which is, well, now I'm just like hard hearted towards yeah. the Christian approach. Yeah. Which is just, dumb i have so many people you're like yourself included i have so many people who i respect and even look up to that that is their approach yeah and so i'm just trying to like get in there stay supple <laughs> and yeah let's let's see what happens let's work through it let it hit me yeah dude i and, think uh, it'll you know, be a ride for, yeah it will be and you know one of the things that uh for for me that is that is important is to is even even if because no matter what we we talked about the story of creation whether you're talking about the bible or whether you're talking about science you track it back to a certain point and at some point you have to jump there has to be a jump and neither of those jumps there's there's no logic in that gap there's a big bang okay but the stuff was already there. So how did the stuff get there? You still have to leap into that, right? So whether that's 
or whether it's a combination and it was a creator who took all the particles and spun them together and created a big bang right like i mean that's also a very real thing but what i want to what i want to say is like ha- and and i and i want to as I'm, as i'm going into it i'm thinking like one of the things i want to instill in in my kids and re readdress myself is like when life gets low because we're all gonna you know you got diagnosed with cancer out of nowhere family members are gonna die to not let that suck you down and at the same time life is going to give you some awesome moments and some really high highs and to not let that go to your head and think that you are you are the it person so there's some like it's almost like can i don't want to minimize the bible but can it send some bumper rails yeah. for life that it's like you know you walk the path you walk the life but there are you know there's a god there that can help as you get to the edges you know yeah i do think this is the area i've always appreciated about christianity and i think when this goes wrong it's where christianity goes wrong but it's a done correctly it's a humility centric worldview and you know Ryan Holiday does a bit on this in Stillness is the Key great book mm-hmm. for anybody out there uh where he says like you don't have to believe god is great you simply have to believe that he is greater than you are yeah and having that sort of central figure that kind of keeps you in check because ego is the enemy like that is hugely helpful and i do like that and i think i think for me that sort of arrogance is kind of where i get put off because you know you talk about the creation you get to a point where the only answer is i don't know and i kind of dislike either side that claims that they do mm-hmm. oh it was you know a bunch of a bunch of light particles you know as they got further they picked up moon dust and it became planets yeah. as they yeah. expanded it's like get get that was out you know, yeah right and it was 62 trillion years ago it's like dude you don't even know what you had for breakfast bro like you don't you can't know that yeah what did you <laughs> what did you do carry the 500 billion or was yeah, it like, on the was it exactly 62 trillion exactly like the, yeah well, the here, here's thing. the thing and, and, I'll, and i'll mention this too is let's just say that let's just say that that is true wouldn't it be almost like a denial of everything you believe to say, but that happened by chance? Like, isn't that yeah. like, uh, it's like, it just happened. Yeah, it, there's got to be causality. Right. It's the one thing that science really can hammer out is causality. And I guess that's the thing, man. Either side of it, and it's, it, look, if I had been raised by atheists, I, I bet you I'd feel the same way. About just being like, man, these atheists are full of it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because I kind of do think atheists are full of it. It's just I, I am so deeply suspicious of anybody who can't say I don't know. And well, it, and we talked about this too, Dusty, didn't we? It's like if if you could know definitively, there'd be no the, – the word faith wouldn't even be a word. Yeah. You wouldn't need it. Why would you need it? You wouldn't need faith if you could just know definitively. That's the very definition of faith. Well, and that kind of gets back to my point about not wanting, being done with being a quote-unquote good Christian and like proving to other people whatever I am. Because I, I think about it this way. I know guys, and I've been one of these guys, who, you know, when I'm, I'm out hanging with the guys, I see a bad call on a football game, be like, that's bullshit. Yeah. I'm in the church. And somebody says something, well, maybe that's bull crap, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, who am I really? Why do I say it this way here and that way there? And maybe you can justify it as just like, well, I'm thinking of others when I say it. But really, there's, like, you're not doing it for others. You're doing it for yourself because of others. And all I want is the most honest relationship with myself possible. 
And I think the closer I get to really being honest with myself about who I am, and this may not be true for everybody, but it's what my intuition tells me. The closer I am to actually understanding who God is. If I am made in his image, I am the closest, most un unfiltered right right, of that thing and so it's like if i create lies about myself in my head what are my chances of seeing him clearly so like i am just i am so far out on lies of any kind and that includes fronting for a crowd of the good people yeah I think, but, I mean, it, it's funny that it's, it's funny to come to that point and when we can, we can kind of put a bow on this and I'm sure we'll revisit it. Um, but you know, we, maybe we're getting to a point like, like, I mean, they, I, like I said, I've never read the Bible, but I know a lot of the stories where you had the Pharisees of the day and, and, and they kept the 128 laws or whatever they were. I don't know how many number you, you can probably tell me, but they kept all the laws had to be more than that. <laughs> yeah. It was like 700 laws. Oh, we'll look it up. Jamie, Jamie, fact check that for me. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's like you just you're it's it's almost like you're following these things to earn the passage, to earn the right. Um, That's a good I never thought about it that way. The closer you are to knowing yourself. The closer you are to understanding or knowing God, I mean, it, it, it couldn't be more clear. You know, human beings are created in, in my image. OK, well is that's not just a physicality thing. It's an internal thing. It's a mind thing. It's a, yeah. I mean, like, well, and this is kind of the interesting thing about being, yeah. And this is kind of the interesting thing about being human is when we look at other humans, we can test and observe almost everything about what it is to be human. The one thing we can't really explain is consciousness. The thing that it is to be a me. Mm-hmm. Like we all understand it because we experience it. But if you tried to like, does a rock have a consciousness? There's no reason it couldn't. We don't know where it lives. We don't know how it functions. And maybe science will reveal this in time. Like, you know, they're, We're getting a lot closer with like fMRI scanning to like anticipating thought and action by judging blood flow to areas of the brain, Mm -hmm. but it still doesn't get at the heart of consciousness, right? Like what, what function it has. And so I do think there's something there in that self exploration that still has something to say about spirituality and our place in the universe. Yeah. Like does a so, deer, yeah. Does a deer know that it's a deer? I don't know. Right. I don't no know. I don't know. I have no What's idea. It like but, to be a deer, but the, or like, or does a deer just, do they just eat and they eat and they run away from people with shotguns or wolves? Yeah. yeah. And conversations like this is why it's so surprising that drugs and Christianity don't mix more often. Well, apparently, apparently, well, I, I think I heard this on one of one of those guys about um, psilocybin on Joe Rogan. I didn't get the whole way through. Uh, yeah, like like the people, the people back in in the old you know tens tens AD. Yep. Surely they were chewing on some stuff. <laughs> tens, the tens were wild, dude. The tens. Oh, real, real quick before we before we jump into the uh, the, the segments or the segment, we've already done one. I saw I saw this tweet that said kids these days are referring to the 80s and 90s as the late 1900s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and it's so true and it's not, but it is. And it makes me it's very painful. That's a bird. It's yeah. like, no, no, no. The 80s were very different than the 90s. You can not very, lump them together. Very different. I had that thought. And then last night, as I'm like right on the border of like dozing off, right as I'm about to slip into that ram or whatever the first thing you get into i was like man our entire adult lives basically 2000 to now is going to be one of the most studied two decades uh in history i mean the amount of stuff that's happened good and bad 
is absolutely, you know, and then accelerated by this thing called the internet that didn't exist before. It's like changed the world. I don't know. I don't know why I thought about it, but it came to my brain and I'm like, God, oh, man, this is going to be, I think I was thinking about like this, the whole, the whole shit with COVID. Like I'm so over it. Yeah. yeah. And it, in five years, it will be a thing, but not like it's a thing now. Right. Probably. Nah. But nah, it'll be this, yeah. it'll be this compressed something. And we'll all have a memory of that time. Like it's like the people who have lived through World war, you know, world wars, like our generation is never going to be like, well, yeah, a million people could die in the world because of a war. Millions of people. There could be mass genocide. We don't, we, we, we say yes, because we've read about it in history books, but we were never, we weren't like on the shores storming the beaches of Normandy because the people that live that are like, that could happen. Like that could happen again. Right. Mm -hmm. We'll, our generation will be like, yes, planes could randomly fly into towers in the United States. It could happen. And I don't say, yeah. I say randomly, not to minimize it. It wasn't random, but you know what I mean? Like it could just happen on a day. Uh, you know, yes, a virus could get and take over the whole world and destroy economies, right? We'll always know and we'll always be scarred by it. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy the way those things shape you. And you don't even you don't even realize it's happening to you in the moment. Yeah. It's like the idea that you used to just be able to walk into an airport like as a bus stop. Insane to me. Oh, like the the whole the whole plot line or the whole opening plot line of Home Alone 2 doesn't exist in uh in 2000. Like they're not just running to the airport with their Burberry jackets. They're going to go yeah. through a security check. And Kevin, they're going to find out Kevin wasn't there because he didn't have his ticket. Sorry if I spoiled that for anybody. But yeah. uh, it's it's about a 30-year-old movie, so you, you missed it's it. It's a top five Christmas movie. According to the Lost Boys. <laughs> and uh, it's 613 commandments, by the way. Is that what they are, 613? For the, uh, for the Pharisees. Thanks for pulling that up, Jamie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had positive commandments, things that they had to do, and negative commandments, which were things they had to abstain from. Mm -hmm. That's the classic no work on the Sabbath. Yep. Jesus comes in and says, forget that noise. Yeah. Breaking stuff. Don't eat meat from animal with cloven hooves. Yep. Sort of. Yep. Yep. <laughs> this a rich tradition. Uh, Yep, recommendations, and then we'll we'll call it. Yeah, man. You want me to uh, give you time to drum yeah. something up? Yeah, yeah. My life has not been very interesting over the last week, so I really gotta, really gotta. Th I, I have something. I'll, you go ahead. I have something. I'm gonna make a recommendation with the hopes that as many of our listeners will watch it as possible over this next week, including yourself, and then that we can. We can really dig into it. Okay. And that is the movie Promising Young Woman, currently on HBO Max, stars Carrie Mulligan and just a handful of Hollywood's finest young talent. Uh, Bo Burnham, who L love Bo. you might know from YouTube fame. Well, I actually Bo saw him in the show. I saw him in front of like 30 people. Back in Salisbury. And I saw Gary Goldman in front of about the same number of people. They would have like a, a comedy circuit. Man, yeah. I didn't know the Salisbury comedy scene was so hot. You know, I think it's something by people coming up from like probably North Carolina or Virginia and shooting straight up to like New York, New Jersey, mm -hmm. instead of going the other way. Because I don't know how we pulled that kind of talent, but. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a bunch of good people in the movie, but the premise is a woman will she was going to medical school uh dropped out there was something that happened with a friend and she spends her nights out at clubs uh different bars just getting apparently obliterated just mm -hmm. shit housed <laughs> and uh, guys will pick her up 
and it covers. I'm trying to not spoil anything because the yeah. surprises are part of what make it a great movie. It covers just about every angle of how guys can take advantage of women um, and how we as society make up stories to let guys off the hook in these wow. situations. And it does a great job of balancing all perspectives. And I was telling Katie, I think, uh, I, I honestly think I'll just keep it on the docket is like something I watch with Walter when he's like 15. Cause like, Oh really? Like, dude, so like, you need yeah. to start thinking this way about the situations you could potentially find yourself in. And uh, maybe 15's too soon, maybe 17 or 18. But all that stuff aside about, you know, the topicality, it's super entertaining. The I should have checked out who the director was because they shot the hell out of it. Yeah. And the soundtrack is banging. Highly entertaining. A lot of crazy plot development. Keeps you guessing. Keeps you engaged. Right up to the very end. And uh, I could not recommend it highly enough. Don't take my word for it. It's a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. And only the bad critics gave it a Rotten Tomato. <laughs> I saw it was comedy thriller. Is that, a, is that accurate? Comedy thriller? Yeah, yeah it keeps... It does an amazing job of keeping it light throughout all the, the heavy tough material. topics. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm sold. I think I'm sold. Yeah, on you it. won't regret it. I'm going to keep mine simple. Um, it's tis the season. It's pumpkin season. Take your kids to a pumpkin patch. If you have kids. Fantastic. <laughs> it's just, it's a lot of work and it's in North Carolina. It's really hot. Um, but our kids had so much fun doing like old school farm stuff, playing in piles of corn, just playing in piles of corn. Um, a corn maze with giant uh, road piping tubes sliding down them. Just loving it. Where'd you take them? Which one is it? We I went it to, up. yeah, we went to Page Road Farm or Page Farm right up. It's kind of between, right, right past Briar Creek. Yep, yep, yep. Exit 282 off of 40. Yep. Trickles you right down. Yep. We did go to Hill Ridge Farms one year. It's a little more done up, you know, if, if that's how you like it. But, uh, nah. but yeah, I'll recommend that and I'll recommend, um, Real quick, the Laird's Superfood Creamer. Mm. The pumpkin spice one is pretty good. It's not terrible. Like, it's good. The traditional is rock solid. It's just superfood flavors, coconuts, um, different oils. It's a powder form. Mix it in there. I'm a black coffee drinker, but thanks to the captain, the captain, yep. Mr. Ryan Waters, he brought it to row 24 in 2019. I put a little bit in some Starbucks coffee the morning uh the morning after we we rode and I was on Amazon buying it before I could get out of the place. So, yeah, giddy Laird's up. Superfood um, creamer. I'm glad you brought that up. I've I've thought about it ever since that first row 24 because it was fantastic. It's really good. It's and I and I'm a black coffee. I I like my coffee black. You know what uh, I love is yeah. when a celebrity who has almost nothing to do gets into something in the food game, like LeBron with his Blaze Pizza, most famously Paul Newman and salad dressing. <laughs> oh, good old Paul. <laughs> Newman's own. And now there's Laird Hamilton, soft surfer turned coffee creamer magnate. Yeah, dude. Like Shaq and the General. Like, oh, yeah. It's good stuff. Dude, I. I had the shakaroni pizza. Not bad. Last couple of days. I think it beats the traditional Papa John's pepperoni. That'd be good to. I mean, I got to say, I'm, full I'm, time. I'm actually a little bit disappointed in you. Your proximity to all these good pizza places in the downtown area, and you waste the cows on a Papa John's pizza. I'm, just, I'm a little bit upset. Here's the thing it says something about how much pizza I consume. 
that I can still make room for a Papa John's here. There. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Okay, I can appreciate that logic. Yeah, it's like uh, a great reader is going to dip into some just standard pulp and beach reads mm-hmm. once in a while. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Ah, well, everybody, as always, the pleasure was all yours. It and was. Five stars. Tommy and, I will, Tommy and I will be back. Yeah, five stars. Check out our uh, our last couple of guests, uh, Garrett Gore and Trent Talent. And uh, hopefully we'll have a couple new guests lined up in the very near future. Cool. And hopefully everybody will go watch Promising Young Woman and we can just talk about date rape for like two hours jeez dude i don't know that my i don't know that i can handle two hours maybe 45 minutes yeah you got to do a minute for every minute of the movie it's like 143 it's not that long it's doable all right all right all right hey deuces deuces